You're listening to Source with Stu Finer. Hello, folks. Ready to roll Source with Stu Finer. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for spending your time with me. I know how competitive my industry is, so thanks for choosing me. It's been a long time since we've had a podcast, well over four weeks. And as we roll into Thanksgiving, so I'm going to date this one day before Thanksgiving, obviously the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, obviously the biggest bar day of the year, the biggest partying night of the year, uh, bigger than anything, makes New Year's Eve look like a joke, New Year's Day look like a joke, and any other holiday like a joke. Tonight, for some reason, is when everybody comes back from college, when families get together and maybe they've relocated and they're out of town and they come back to their home ground, their stomping ground, their high school, junior high school, elementary school, where they went to, and you see a ton of friends and all the local bars are rocking and rolling. Everybody wants to recapture their youth. Everybody wants to get laid. Everyone knows they're going to see friends and exes and people you fucked and sucked and ate. And, you know, worse comes to worse, you know, that's an easy lay down and maybe something new's coming your way. So it's a giant night. Everybody always brags they get the best marijuana on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I'm dating it back to really, gosh, 1978. Started smoking pot probably 1975. So 1978 was when everybody, every eye, I got this great bud, this bud, and everybody wants to just bring their best and look their best and smell their best and act their best. And it's, you know, it is in vogue to be sexy Wednesday before Thanksgiving. That's the bottom line. Thanksgiving's tomorrow, but today is our night. It's our time. We're ready to roll. We want to show our best. We want to fuck like porn stars. We want to party like rock stars. We want to play like all stars. And this is it. And this is the night. And I guess any night could be the night, but as a general consensus, especially in the United States, I could absolutely easily swear by the East Coast. Tonight is awesome. I mean, tonight is great. I mean, barring you overindulge in whatever your indulgences are, you're just going to have a great time today. You're going to have a great time tonight. And you're going to have a great time tomorrow. Now, again, the rules of engagement in life, as all cliches are really true, I'm 57 years old. I used to be you when you're 13, 14, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50. Now I'm 57. All cliches cliches are true. You want to get through tomorrow. A lot of people say, I hate my family, family, family. Don't talk. Don't talk religion. Don't talk sex. Don't talk politics. Don't talk religion. Don't talk sex. Don't talk politics. Hug it the fuck out. And that's how you get through tomorrow. But tonight is going to be debauchery. Tonight is Caligula. Tonight you're hoping for a threesome. You're hoping to fuck somebody early, then meet someone late, and then end fucking 4 a.m. fucking straggling around, barely holding yourself up, and meet somebody. And at that point, a one becomes an eight. And that's just the way it is. And you roll and you have fun. And then Thanksgiving, you shit, shave, shower, 
hanging out with your family, watch football, bet football, make money, and the world is a beautiful place. So when I do my podcast as I'm doing now, and I've done, I think, 30 of them, give or take, uh, I'm in my guest cottage. And the guest cottage on my property used to be originally, in 1956, was built as a dollhouse. The people that owned my property, built my property that I bought it from, the Schwindlers, William and Mabel Schwindler. And they were the co-founders of Grumman Aerospace with Leroy Grumman. Um, and they built all the fighter planes in World War II and fighter, and all the parts for the war in World War II. Grumman Aerospace, that's how it got off the ground. And then they've done numerous things ever since. But Schwindler was the engineer of Grumman, and he built this house, and he built for his daughters in 1956 a dollhouse. And that is where I do my podcast from, in a bedroom. And the significance of this bedroom is also when I bought the house in 1990, uh, if people do not know my story, I worked here as a landscaper in 1976, 75, 74, 7th, 8th, ninth grade. And I said, by the grace of God, if I make any money, I want to buy the property. It was an estate. It was a 7.8 acre, impeccable, beautiful, magnificent storybook, fairy tale estate. The house was very tiny with five structures on it, 1,900 square feet, five, uh, five people lived in the house, 1,900 square feet on 7.8 acres. Uh, they built the guest cottage, as I just stated, in 1956. They built a pool house in 1956. The pool house has a men's bathroom, men's shower, women's bathroom, women's shower, an overhang that you hang under. It has a giant barbecue in the back. It has a tool shed, maybe about a 500 square foot tool shed. It had a, uh, you know, 200-square-foot chicken coop that got crushed by Hurricane Irene and then replaced by a shed. Has a barn in the back, maybe about 500 square feet. And then below it, uh, we had horse stables when the owners had horses. The owners also had chickens. Um, so the house I'm on is 2.5 acres, and it was 1,900 square feet. Then in the back is 3.2 acres of then it was beautifully treed land, beautiful trees, just gorgeous, not touched for 150 years, 3.2 acres. And then it was a, a clean, flat 1.8 acre side field that looked like a sod farm because it was just beautifully green lawn and it was gorgeous. So um, when we bought the house, I made the 1,900 square foot house a 4,300 square foot house in 1990. I threw 800,000 into the house and then 200,000 into the landscaping and the pool area. But the house, I made a 4,300 square foot house, which was a tremendous undertaking, which took almost three and a half months. We sold my prior house and it was me, Sandy, my first son, Sean, who was two years old, and she was pregnant with my second son, Alec. She was due in May. We're talking about the house in October. So they built the house roughly October, November, December. So we had to live in the guest cottage for three months because it took three months to put the 2,500 extension feet extension onto the house. There was 35 people a day working uh, six days a week. So also the significance of this guest cottage, which I took one of the bedrooms to do the podcast from, is we lived here. We lived here for three months. And me and Sandy and 
uh, Alex, who was in her belly, Alex, who's now 27, Alex, who runs the company. You go over to StuFinder.com and you see Alex on the website. It's Alex Finder. He also sells his picks. And he does props. You know, he's your age. He's 27. So he makes like 60 bets a night. <laughs> and he's betting everything from props, first quarters, player points, so on and so forth. So, uh, so Alex was in Sandy's belly at the time. So I love this guest cottage. It was a lot of fun. We lived here for three months and... Uh, you know, you get used to it, and it's beautiful. It has two bedrooms, uh, has a little little living room with a fireplace, a wood fireplace. Uh, it has, one of the bedrooms has two bunk beds, and that's it for the bedroom. You walk in, bunk bed left, bunk bed right, almost like military, almost like you're in a submarine. And then it has a kitchen, a really pretty kitchen. So very functional, and then I, you know, I put like 50 grand into the dollhouse, and I made it nice, put a wood floor down. Redid the, the, uh, the bathroom, which is a full bath. Uh, you know, a nice shower, nice sink, nice shitter. So when I'm in here doing the podcast, it's a lot of fun, you know. And then also my neighbor who I sold the 1.8 acre side field to in 1994, he built a beautiful house and then redid his house probably 10 years later into a magnificent brick palace. Um, so he has like a, a beautiful, probably 4,000 square foot house on the 1.8 acre side field. When they built that house, it took them about six months and he lived in the guest cottage for six months. He lived in the guest cottage, my neighbors. So again, the significance is I was able to have them live there. And then also my other best buddies are Glenn and Janet Fain. They lived here when they moved, sold their house in North Massapequa before they moved to Setauket. And my other friends, Tommy and Laura Solori, uh, lived here when they lived, moved out of Farmingdale into Massapequa. So a lot of people have lived here. And then um, a couple of buddies lived here on and off. So, you know, like maybe 15 lives are affected by this guest cottage. And now it's where we hang out and I do my podcast. So um, Wednesday night, I love this night. I've had some of the best nights of my life the day before Thanksgiving. I mean, look, in my teens and my 20s, that a lot of you are that uh, we partied hard. We did not sleep. So you went from Wednesday night, really, you were sleeping. You, you, did, you did an all night of Wednesday, all night of Thursday. And then like probably middle Friday, you just crashed somewhere, somehow, and you somehow survived. So that's pretty much how Thanksgiving, when I was a kid and I was in my teens and 20s, how we did it. We stood up. So the last time we slept was Tuesday night. You wake up Wednesday morning, you're up all Wednesday, all Thursday, and then you crash like mid-Friday. And that was before we were doing any drugs too. So whether I was on drugs or not on drugs, you know, very simple drugs, basic. Drugs are not really part of my life. Yes, I'm a pot smoker, but that's probably about the extent of it for the last, since 1986, you know, guaranteed. And, uh, pretty much most of my life, just a pot smoker. Not really a drinker. Uh, do I drink Cristal Champagne, Crook Champagne, uh, Ace of Spades? Yeah, I like that. I like that. DP, yes, I like it. Um, if I have to, my drug, my uh, drink of choice would be vodka. On the rocks or a splash of something. Uh, vodka I could get drunk on, but I'm not really a hard liquor guy. Never could really hold it down. I don't really like being drunk because I'll do things drunk that I would never do straight and I'll do things drunk that I don't trust myself and I go from, you know, everything's okay to I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I really don't like to feel like that. Like you could smoke like an ounce or two a pot in yourself even. You could smoke eight blunts. You know what you're doing. You know, you're not going to move so fast. You're going to eat a lot. 
Uh, you're going to probably be funny, probably talk low, but that's pretty much, you know, getting drunk, you can fuck your neighbor's wife and, you know, you ruin your life overnight. You know, who wants to fucking do that? So hats off to you people that can handle your liquor. I never could. I never want to. I never will. It's not my game. I could drink champagne till I'm blue in the face and I could really drink vodka a lot. You know, I could drink a ton of vodka. You're not, I'm not off my, off my game ever. Um, but that's about it. So tonight when you go out, when I used to go out, we had so much fun, but it was all about friends, not necessarily family per se, but friends, friends that really became my support group, uh, became the people that I shared my innermost secrets with, uh, people that I shared my insecurities with, my inadequacies with, my failures with, uh, people that I celebrated my successes infinitum and by the grace of God, I've been one of the most blessed people in the world. I have, you know, so many successes. It's been unbelievable. You know, I became a multimillionaire at a very, very young age by 22 years old, self-made. Um, we wrote almost $40 million in my first 15 years in business. Uh, obviously the internet I was not ready for and everything I used to charge people excesses amount of money for the internet, not only chopped my price point down, but put me out of business. Essentially I became obsolete and I floundered in obscurity for well over a decade. And now, uh, by the grace of God, I got my sea legs again and we're back and we're back rolling and we're back rolling fiercer and stronger than ever. And I could make up for a lot of lost time. It's not inconceivable that I could be a hundred million dollar guy in a decade, maybe even a billionaire because my industry is blowing through the roof. Obviously I am the smartest guy in the room now when it comes to sports gambling, not necessarily that I win more than everybody in the world. I'm as good as anybody in the world. There's no issue about that, but because my experience is second to none, it's the only thing I have ever done. It's not like I ever had another job. I have almost 40 years doing the exact same thing every single day, like clockwork. There is nothing I haven't seen. I haven't done what I forgot. You don't know a lot about life and a, a damn straight about gambling. I'll repeat it. What I forgot, you don't know. What I forgot, you're never going to know about gambling. You're never going to know about life. You're never going to put yourself in that spot. This is not the 70s and the 80s and the 60s even where everything went, everything you could do. It's going to be okay. The world is a very secure place. We're isolated in the United States of America where you don't really know a lot about the rest of the world, which is horrific and tragedies and atrocities going on in the United States is bliss. It's heavenly bliss. It's absolutely amazing. And it worked for decades upon decades upon decades, letting everybody in, everybody gets along, everybody fights their own way up. The best survive, the best get the best jobs, the smartest make the most money. And pretty much that's how it rolled. You know, I mean, obviously that is not always the rule, but pretty much that's the rule. Now, much different place, much different world. It's very, very scary. Nothing is secure. Everything is insecure. Things that you could never imagine happening happen on a seems weekly basis, if not a momentary basis, and that's just the world we live in. So still, you're going to party your balls off tonight. You're going to have a lot of fun, but there always has to be a little slant on be careful, make sure everything's okay. Don't forget what you're doing. Don't forget where you are. Don't forget the landscape of the world. You don't want to make one dead bad mistake and ruin your life or kill other people or kill your lives or kill your dreams or just tragedy after tragedy. So you want to have fun. You want to put it right to the edge, but you want to bring it down. You want to make sure that you are in control always, hence be careful what we do tonight. So 
football betting, first of all, is hot and heavy right now. Everybody loves betting the week of Thanksgiving. Excuse me. Drinking my second Diet Coke. And God, do I love Diet Coke. I love the burn. I love the caffeine high. And uh, you fuck better on Diet Coke. It's just, I'm telling you that for a fucking fact. People love betting on Thanksgiving. It's the first time in the East Coast that you have so much ability to bet legally, specifically in New Jersey. Specifically, you could roll into New Jersey and get on any of the dozens of apps that you could legally bet right now, and it's phenomenal. People are just going to Atlantic City for the weekend. They're going to Jersey for Thanksgiving where they never would. They're going to be in the state of New Jersey to bet legally at numerous places. Doesn't matter where you go, what you do, how you do it, but legally you can bet all the way from now to Kingdom Kong. And it's amazing. So business is up, I would say, you know, tenfold. It's off the wall. I cannot keep up with it. I almost have too many customers, which is unfathomable to say, because, you know, you always want to make money and you could do it pretty much turnkey right now. With technology being at infinitum, you could do anything. If you could think it, you could do it. If you want to do it, you do do it for very little amount of money, mind you. You know, that's the, you know, you don't need a lot of money to make money no more. Thank you, God. That's the beauty of the internet. You might not make as much on an item. You might make one-tenth or one-hundredth off the item, but because you have the ability to affect the world and the world is your oyster and the world is your clientele, that if you have a good idea, you can make a penny on it and still make trillions of dollars because it's that hot, that heavy, goes out that fast. P.S. Business is off the wall, and I am the most expensive guy in the room. I charge the most money. That's just how I do it, because I'm worth it, because I win more than anybody that's in my industry. Let's put it that way. Any of the people in my industry couldn't suck my dick on their best day, couldn't eat my ass if they begged like bitches, because people in my industry are whores, liars, and thieves. I hate to tell you that. I've been out of my industry for almost six years now, and the people that are in my industry are the lowest form of scum you've ever seen in your life. They try to rob you. They try to bookmake you. They try to connive you. They try to steal from you. They try to tell you that they can never lose, that the games they got are fixed, inside information. They make promises that they can never keep. They write checks that they can never cash. They are hoodlums, swindlers, and God willing, when it becomes legal in New York, they make it that you need a license to be in the sports gambling industry, that you have rules that you follow similar to stocks, and then they'll all go out of business because they're complete thieves. The only thing they're good at is lying and robbing you. So thank God I'm probably six years removed from being in that type of disgust. Just be careful. Bottom line is be careful. Bottom line is the point bringing back to why I, I just destroyed my industry full circle is I charge 10 times more than them because they just lead you in and then they ruin your lives. Am I going to win every week? Absolutely not. Am I the most transparent gambler ever? Absolutely. You see me every day. Every day you know whether I win or lose. If I'm screaming about it, shh, fuck here, I won. If I'm not saying cock, I got my fucking teeth kicked in. Sometimes I post the winners, sometimes I post the losers. Depends where we're at with, listen, with live betting now, it really fucking sucks because I got to wait until everything's totally, totally final because you could live bet the game right now. You would literally live bet the game. You could live bet the game. So, you know, and, and some people try to handicap me and try, some people try to guess what I have. So then they hedge off. So I don't like to commit until the last possible moment. 
And bottom line is this, I win more than anyone else. Do I go through losing streaks? Yes. Will I embarrass myself when I lose? Yes. Can I lose for a fucking month straight? Of course. Have I ever had a losing season in 37 years? No. Definitively, no, never. I run enough hot streaks where I get hot that if you're with me religiously, that if you pay me religiously, you know I will make you money overall. But it's an overall basis. It's not a day, week, a month thing. If you come in and I sweep and I go 14 and one for the week, if I go 35 and six for the week, you love me. Last Saturday I went 15 and two, 15 and two, 15 and two. Did you love me? Oh yeah, you did. Then on Sunday I got two heartbreakers losing both 50 dimes. You didn't love me if you paid me for just Sunday, you got killed. So, you know, Monday came back a little bit. But it depends when you pay me. The commitment always long-term is better. Long-term, I will not let you down. Short-term, it's just like throwing a dart. So there is so much action out there right now with legal gambling in New Jersey. It is crazy. People are calling me, Stu, I'm going here, Stu, I'm going there, Stu, I can bet legally, Stu, I'm so excited, Stu, I'm bringing this, Stu, I'm bringing that. And most of the people I'm talking to are not multi-gazillionaires. You know, they're bringing anywhere between 500 to 5,000 a bet. They're paying me the 500 a day on a Saturday, 500 on a Sunday, and they're taking a shot with me. And we've won a hell of a lot more than we've lost. That's just the bottom line. We've won a hell of a lot more than we've lost. There's 12 weeks in the books of the football season. There's 12 weeks I'm documented, eight winning weeks, four losing weeks, eight winning weeks, four losing weeks, eight winning weeks, four losing weeks. And then there's like two weeks where slight winners. So really it's 10 winning weeks, four losing weeks, but two weeks are slight winning, slight. I'll take it, I'll take the W, but you know, it's like a break even. You know what I'm saying? So you risked like 50,000 for the week and you made like 800 for the week, for the week. So I'm not even counting as a winning week. So it's, uh, we'll count two pushes, eight winning weeks, four losing weeks, which is amazing. Uh, just amazing. I gotta be so blessed and so grateful to God because I'm in the hardest business in the world, which is betting on sports. And my clientele wants more games, more games, more games, more games. And I'm like, no, only bet one best bet, only bet one best bet. They're like, fuck you, I don't want to bet one best bet. It's not fun, one best bet. I don't make, I don't bet enough. I, my, my limit isn't enough to only bet one best bet. I don't have enough volume. Uh, give me some action. So I'm involved with a lot of games, a lot of nights. Professional gamblers like myself, when you're actually gambling, limited games, limited action, maybe one game a week, two games a week. That's all you really want to do. It's all you really need. Some days you don't bet at all. Some weeks you don't bet at all. Okay. But that's not what I'm selling because I'm selling games every single day of the week, every single night. We're in it every single night. So it's a lot of fun. The next four days are going to be absolutely amazing, absolutely incredible. So let me just take another sip of my Diet Coke here, please. Excuse me. I love Diet Coke. I love the burn. I love the taste. I love when it's popping cold. It almost hurts going down your throat because I like to drink a lot of it. It's amazing. It's a burn like you just can't explain. So... Barstool Sports has just been an unbelievable experience. The people are so nice to me there. Look, they don't need to kiss my ass there. I mean, yeah, damn straight, it's my show, 100%, 100%. And I have a great relationship with them, but they go above and beyond being nice to me. From the CEO, Erica, who is so kind, so nice, so respectful, so smart, to Dave Portnoy, who is just a, such a beautiful man, a giving man. He is what he is. He wears his... Emotions, honestly, if you know what you're getting with him from day one, he's very, very consistent. And that's all you can ask from anyone. And the big huggy, lovable, hug it the fuck out, Dan Katz, big cat. Just, just a gem, salt of the earth, 
really a good guy, a legit good guy, the nicest guy. And what a great crew they have here filming. You know, um, obviously, I'd say there's like five or six cameras. Must be a staff of like 10 to 12 is watching everything that goes on. And it's done very, very well. I mean, it's done top-notch. There's a lot of fun. You dropped in the middle of their office with, let's say, there's 60, 70 people working at cubicles in the open. And the minute you get out of the elevators, it says immediately, uh, everything you do and say is being filmed and taped. So you know you're on camera all the time and everything's used constantly. And, uh, you know, barring, I guess, if there was like a murder there, they probably would cut it up. It would be like, you know, how to get away with murder. They would slice it or something. But barring that, you're on tape and whatever it is, it is. And whatever rolls, rolls. And that's really what it is. And uh, we get to the set and Hank's in charge and Hank says hello and lays it out. And I go through the ins and outs with Big Cat. We have the games a day in advance. And Dave has already picked his games. He's zoned in. He's locked in. His schedule is off the wall. You could just you could just feel the intensity flowing off his body. He's so busy. I mean, the man is busy. I don't give a fuck guy's worth 100 million bucks. He's worth every dollar because he works all the time. So, and he's going to have his money forever because I guess barring, you know, his gambling, he gambles within his means. Um, he's going to have money forever because he has no time really to spend it because he's always working. And that's why he loves the gambling because at least the gambling you could do while you work. He's incorporated gambling into the uh, staple of Barstool Sports, the staple of his life. Um, when he watched me when he was, you know, 15, 20 years younger than he is right now, uh, 25 years younger even than he is right now, he used to watch me on TV and, you know, want to gamble and want to be on TV. And now, you know, his dreams have come to fruition. You know, Barstool Sports advises you know, the squish of sports advisors, my show in Barstool Sports Advisors, his brand. We get now Barstool Sports Advisors. And they put out a shirt with me, Big Cat and El Prez right on it. And I love it. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, I, you know, I'm much better looking than both of them. You know, truth be told. I mean, look, I mean, you know, you're measuring me now. I'm 57 years old. I mean, when I was 27, they couldn't hold my cock. You know, they couldn't hold my dick. I was much better looking. Now, um, the scale I'm using is if you're under 5'5", five five, which neither of them are under 5'5", five five, so they wouldn't even come into my category, so we wouldn't be in the same category. because. But under 5'5", five five, uh, I was God, you know. And it's people who are 5'5 five five and under because I'm only half a man because God thought it was funny. I mean, he made it. He gave me no ass and no height and made it up with a giant cock. So, uh, I, I mean, truth be told, I would probably, I would settle on less cock, less girth, Let's say I would say it, it, I'll cut like a half inch in width and give back like two inches in length, two and a half, three inches in length, and then let me have an ass because I have no ass. I don't know why, but I have no ass. It's not funny. It's like it just goes flat down. And uh, instead of being five, four and three quarters, let's say I was a normal five, ten, five, eleven. I, I'd give up my cock and have an ass and have height. But that's not really how God rolled. So you get what you have. So getting back to it, if you look at the Barstool Sports Advisor sweater, um, it is so sexy, and when you look at it, the only thing you really say is, wow, are these three guys sexy? But if you're really going to be honest, you really look at me and go, God, for 57, that fucking midget, that motherfucking hobbit is sexy. And I'm going to say right now that I don't care if Moses and Abraham and God were in the same room. Obviously, the three greatest Jews that have ever lived is God because he's a Jew. I hate to break it to you for the people that don't know and the other people that know. 
Okay, God's a Jew. Then you have uh, Abraham, obviously, the first Jew. And then you have Moses, who's the most famous Jew. So on the shirt, Barstool Sports Advisors, just so we can relate here, because it's just, you know, it's a perfect example of three epic, iconic Jews, uh, influencers. I guess I'm the least influencer, but I'm still there. Uh, you have El Prez, Jew! Uh, Dan Katz, Jew! Um, the source you find her, Jew! So the shirt, when you look at it, Barstool Sports Advisors, first of all, sexiness. Second of all, Jewishness. And third of all, funniness. Because if you've been with us since the beginning of the show, first couple of shows, obviously had to get our feet wet. Uh, and I had to win a game, which it took me until week two to win a game. I think I opened 0-9 and 1-13. And, and then I got hot. I won two, three, I won week three, week four, week five, week six, week seven. I won uh, week eight. I won five straight best bets in a row. Uh, my best bets are respectable. It's been 11 weeks. I'm seven and four with week 12 in the can. It'll be shown on Sunday. Seven and four, more to lock. Seven wins, four losses. Uh, figures don't lie, but lie, show the figure. That's a winner. I think I'm 29 and 33, so I'm still four games under 500, but I started off 0 and 9, putting myself nine games under 500, and then I backed it up with a 1 and 4, so I put myself 13 games under 500. So, hence, in the last dozen or so weeks, I picked up 10 games. I'm now four games under 500. I got five picks out there for week 12. I'm hoping to go 5-0, 5-0, I'm hoping to put my best bet record at 8-4, which is strong as an ox. And if I go into two games over 500 with four weeks left, I really can make a move because I'm really going to want to separate myself from the pack, uh, separate myself from El Prez, separate myself from Big Cat, because remember, what they do for a living, they're multifaceted. They're funny, they're smart, they're articulate, they write business, they have big brand name recognition, they have A-plus advertisers that they represent, they have part of my take, they have the pizza review, um, and that's what they do for a living. Uh, what I do for a living is win, win, win. So damn straight, I better, at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, have a better, at least more to lock record, and definitely overall record than Big Cat and El Prince because it's not what they do for a living. They don't win for a living. Matter of fact, if you look at their sports gambling history, uh, they lose for a living. Um, I don't think they've ever had losing, uh, winning years. Uh, they've caught winning teams. Uh, they've caught winning streaks, but a winning year, I don't think so. I really don't. Because in reality, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. They're not professionals at this. They do this for entertainment. They do it for fun. They do it for content. They do it for enjoyment. And they do it to prove to the world that you can gamble on a daily basis and not go broke. Because neither of them are broke. Uh, matter of fact, they're anything but broke. They're epitome of the success in the United States. So the show's been super duper fun, and I love the people there. I mean, I don't like the people there. I love the people there. Um, I'm a little insecure going there because, first of all, I'm 35 years past my prime. Uh, yes, I could have walked in at the, to the office, and again, for anybody under 5'5", five, five, I would look like God because I'm so good-looking, so thin, and just whatever, buffed. But now I'm 57, rolling in, 40 pounds overweight. And you have men and women that are tall and gorgeous and just funny. Just so talented and fucking funny. Because, first of all, funny is sexier than sexy. And that's the God's honest truth. Because there's nothing better than laughing. Because you could laugh forever. You cannot come forever. 
And that's the bottom line. And you're not going to be sexy forever. Although I am, and I've proven through 57 years, I'm still fucking sexy. But I'm still funny. You're not. You couldn't hold my dick. You're not me. You're never going to be me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm the 1% or 1% or 1% because I'm funny. Funny, because I'm funny. So everybody there is funny. So the minute you walk in the room, the whole, it's like 60 people on the floor, they're sexy because they're funny. And then you got people that are sexy straight up. So you put together sexy and sexy and it's like, wow, wow, wow. So um, we do the show in the middle of their office. Everybody's working. I'm trying to be a total distraction. I'm trying to say hello to always all the girls first. You know, Maria, Fran, Liz, and then I look for Ellie and the place is just filled with just such sweet people, Jocelyn and Jordan. And you just have a lot of really good people there. Then you got people named Large. Yeah, he's fucking big. He's a big motherfucker. And then you got professional football players there. And then you've got people who have won rough and rowdy. You have three champions on the floor, Hank, Smitty and Pat, rough and rowdy champions. Do you know how hard it is to be a rough and rowdy champion? Are you, are you fucking serious? Think about it. Are you fucking kidding me? Let's fucking talk reality. So you have a lot of fucking heavyweights on this floor. You got El Prez and Big Cat. You know, I mean, you have the number one CEO in the world with Erica. You have producers walking around. You have Alana. You got Jordan. You got Casey. You got you got talent up the fucking yin yang there. You got people choice winners. You got multimillionaires and billionaires. You know, so there's a lot of action going on. And I'm in my element because I'm ready to roll. I never back down from a challenge. You know, I think I'm fucking. You know, I think I'm the cat's meow when I might not be. I think I'm the best in the world when uh, you know most people don't think I am. But that's not me. That's not how I come into the deal. I think I'm the best there is was ever will be pretty much in everything. You know, I'm a better fuck than you. Or most there's no issue about that. You know, I'll whip out my dick and show you right now. Although I'll get arrested, so I don't do it anymore. Um, but bottom line, if I was 22, you'd be. I've seen my my dick, every, your, your poster of my dick would be in your fucking house if I was 22 right now. If I was, I'm not, I'm not 57, so I got to act totally different. And especially with, you know, everything that's gone on in the last five years, you can't even make it up. Bill Cosby in jail, you know, everybody in jail, you know, because they've been pigs and most men are scum. That's a reality. That's a fact. That's not a cliche. That's a fucking cold heart statement. Most men are scum. Uh, I don't profess to be scum, but most men are scum. Um, have I been scum at some point in my life? I guess so, because I am a man, but... I'm not no more, but you know, whatever, I'm 57, not 22. So, but bottom line is this, when I go to Barstool, I'm on my game and it's not easy doing what we do because it is not rehearsed. It's like all sporadic. It's, it's, and that's part of the beauty of it where you just like fucking explode from Jump Street. You're just exploding the minute you walk in the fucking door. And then you have Ebony walking around. She's security and she'll kick your motherfucking ass if you fuck with anybody. I like to bring food, but there's not really a lot of places to put food. So I'm going to have to figure out, you know, one day roll in with a Puccinella spread for Barstool. And, uh, you know, I got Christmas gifts coming, so it's going to be fun. And, you know, we do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, depending upon the day that they have it. And it's just great. And it's been so well received. And it's such a blessing to be on on Channel 11 WPIX in New York, 10 a.m. on Sunday, because all my friends, all my family, everybody I've ever met watches it. They just turn on Channel 11. It's like a dream come true. It's just unbelievable. I mean, watch of the wooden soldiers, Hoppy Hop goes to town, New York Yankees, and Barstool Sports on Channel 11. 
Channel 11, the one of the superstations, the biggies, from when I can remember watching TV. They always had two, four, five, seven, nine, 11, and 13. That was it. That was it. That was it. Just think about that. That was it. Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 5, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 11, Channel 13. End of the conversation. You're not going to satellite. You're not going to direct TV. You're not going to anything, motherfucker. That's it. Those are your channels. So to be on Channel 11 is just like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life, my ego, uh, for my pocketbook, uh, for my financial stability, uh, for my family's financial stability, because, you know, now I've got all my credibility back. Now I'm an icon. Now I'm a living legend. Um, because every time, you know, like the people who love me, I don't got to talk to because they fucking love me. They love me whether I'm down in the dumps owing 7 million to the world or up on top having 200 full and part-time people work for them, work for me and, you know, writing $16 million a year, you know, and rocking and rolling in the 90s when 16 million is equivalent to, you know, what Barstool does now. So my company in the 90s is definitely equivalent to what Barstool does now. That's exactly it. You know, we had 220 full and part-time people. I was supposed to take the company public for 160 million. And, uh, you know, within a month I was destroyed. So, I guess I wasn't like Barstool. <laughs> I was a dream. But uh, so to be back on top with the signature item that I'm going to be pushing forward forever, which will be ready to roll. Um, it's more mainstream. It doesn't alienate or eliminate 99% of my base or the mainstream base by me screaming and yelling about the normal stuff that I do. So ready to roll. If you haven't bought a flag yet, I'd rather you never talk to me again and get off this fucking podcast and go fuck yourself. You were not friends. If you have not bought a ready to roll flag yet, uh, you're not a stew nation person. You're a full of shit fraud. Because if you've not bought a ready-to-roll flag, if it is not in your house, if it's not over your bed, if it's not in your kitchen, if it's not in your bathroom, if it's not in your dorm room, if you haven't given it to the significant other in your life or a family member, you have time to pull out so I don't cut you out of your, my life, so I don't delete you. Because by Christmas, you better buy a ready-to-roll flag at BeLikeStew.com or we're not friends. We're not fucking friends. I don't need your money. I didn't ask you to buy pigs. You don't want to buy pigs. Fuck you. Go lose on your own. But for you to not have a ready-to-roll flag, that's like calling me a kike. That's like pissing on my grave. That's like calling my grandmother a whore. That's like calling my mother fat. Just so you know where we stand. So ready-to-roll flags are very easily purchased at BeLikeStew.com on my website. We have, which has been a big seller, and I have it on order to, so you'll see what I look like. And it promises made, promises delivered. Because you know, like I like to use that line, that's my line. I own that line, that is my line. Promises made, promises delivered. Because there's a lot of people that say promises made, but they don't deliver jack shit. I deliver. I'm like the fucking mailman. Rain or, rain or shine. Sleet or snow. Sun or darkness. Feast or fathom. Krakatoa, east of Java. Or Maui. I deliver. I deliver. So be like stew.com. Get over to anything that I have there. Promises made, promises delivered, ready to roll. I'll kill your bookmaker. Mugs, shirts, flags. Be like stew.com. Get over to Sourced uh, with Stu Finer and rate us highly. That uh, helps, I guess. So on iTunes, Source with Stu Finer, that helps. And then any of the packages that we have will be on all my social media. 
at Stu Finer or Stu Sauce on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, respectively. Be like uh, StuFinder.com sells all the products. StuFinder.com sells all my games. And, uh, and we're ready to roll. And make sure you watch the show on TV because it's so damn funny. And then I'll be more prompt with these podcasts that I actually love. We're bringing on people from Barstool. Erica said that I could do that. So the first person's on is going to be Hank. And uh, she said that I could use use the people on Barstool to come on the podcast and we'll talk. So that'll be fun. That'll be a little different than you just listening to me. First one's going to be me and Hank. Hug it out, Hank. And then I'll ask for others, obviously. And uh, looking so forward to that. So we're ready to roll. And uh, happy and healthy holiday to you and your family. God bless you. May all your dreams come true. And you know there's obviously no Thanksgiving turkey fairy. There's no Easter bunny. There's no Santa Claus. Uh, there is no Christmas fairy. Uh, there is no God. You have to choose what you believe to be your reality, okay? Okay? What you own is your own kingdom, okay? What you do is your own power. What you love is your own glory. What you live is your own story, okay? In your heart is the answer. Let it guide you along. Let your heart be the answer and the key to your song. Rush, let's go fucking go. Getty Lee, Neil Peart, Alex Lifeson. We're ready to roll. I love you very much. Let's fucking rock and roll. Thank you for listening. I'll be back real soon. And again, you're listening to me because I'm Stu Finer and you're fucking not. <laughs> <laughs>